Welcome to Ask BBB. Ask BBB brings you information from and about BBB accredited businesses so that consumers are better informed about goods and services they're purchasing or contracting. I'm Jim Swan, and your host on Ask BBB is CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario, Jennifer Matthews. Good morning, Jennifer. Thanks, Jim. Good morning, everyone. And before we introduce our guest this morning, we'd like to remind listeners that the BBB Awards event is back. And it will be two events in one. The BBB Torch Awards for Ethics and the BBB Spark Awards will be held Thursday, June 16th, 2022 at the factory at 5.30 p.m. And we'll talk about how to nominate a business for the awards and more details about the event on the final portion of the program. Well, it's great to have good news and an event to look forward to as we make our way through winter. And we all grow a little weary of winter when we get to this time of year, Jim. So when will it end? And of course, we might need a little encouragement to stay on track with our New Year's resolutions. And our guest this morning helps people through life changes of all sorts. We welcome Tamalyn Deluxe of Stepstone Hypnosis. Good morning and welcome to Ask BBB, Tamalinda. Thank you, Jennifer, and thank you, Jim. So right away, let's look at hypnosis. And what is hypnosis as you practice it? Great question, Jennifer. So um, hypnosis has been around for centuries, and it uses guided relaxation, intense concentration, and focused attention to, you know, achieve a heightened state of awareness that, that is sometimes called trance. And um, hypnosis has been shown to reduce stress and anxiety and pain. And I'm like a guide. So if you think of being in a vehicle about to go on a journey and you're behind the wheel, knowing where you want to go and where you want to go is either the habit that you want to release or the new healthier behavior that you want. That's basically the outcome that you want to achieve. So that's the destination on the roadmap. And I'm like the passenger um, in the passenger seat of the vehicle my training and my experience, um, they're my roadmap to help you get to your destination, the outcome or reason that you're coming to see me for. And so the, in, through hypnosis, I offer suggestions so that you can have an experience, whatever that positive change was that you were coming to me for. And can anyone be hypnotized? That's another great question. Everyone experiences trance. We all go in and out of trance every day of our lives. So taking control and tapping into the resource state of trance is then what we call hypnosis. So let me just explain a little bit. As I mentioned, everyone goes in and out of hypnosis throughout the day. It's nature's way of giving us a little um, mind-body reboot. Think about watching a movie or the last time you read a really good book and time seemed to just fly by. You were in a state of trance. Daydreaming out a window, that's also a state of trance. And this was really interesting when I first learned this, but when you're falling asleep, you pass through a stage called hypnogogia, and that's trance. And when you're waking up, you pass through hypnopompia, and that's trance. So the therapeutic hypnosis is the utilization of this natural state of trance, but to achieve it requires a person's willingness to focus attention and follow instructions. And, you know, that's why we say all hypnosis is really self-hypnosis, but it's a natural state. 
guided into the state requires the client's participation. And it's not something, you know, as hypnotists, we do. People think we do hypnosis to you. We don't actually. It's something that happens given the right conditions. And so hypnosis practitioners are trained to induce the state of trance and use it for the purposes of creating positive change. So anyone can experience trance and therefore hypnosis. For some, it's easier to enter into the state and enjoy it. However, someone perhaps with a brain injury or cognitive deficits may find it more difficult to enter into that state. Does that answer your question? It does. So then how do you help induce that trance? What are sort of some of the tools that you work with with your clients? So the first few minutes in a hypnosis session are designed to relax the body and the mind. And this is called the induction. So the induction phase involves encouraging a person to enter into a light trance using relaxation techniques. And most people are familiar with those relaxation techniques, such as breathing and noticing the body and mind relaxing. And that's done through suggestions offered by the practitioner. So we may have like a a guided visualization going to the beach or walking along a path or going to your favorite spot. Um, it, It can start like that. So the induction is very similar to mindfulness or meditation, but it's not because it goes much deeper than that. So in addition to helping us handle stress or anxiety that sometimes comes along with our winter blues, what are some of the other areas where hypnosis might be an appropriate therapy for someone? Winter blues, right? I hope we're getting out of that soon, especially with the gray day today. So yes, hypnosis can help us better manage the winter blues. It can help us tap into joy and peace and strength and even healing. Hypnosis can help us um, harness, you know, the power within to bring healing to both the mind and the body. Some common reasons people come to hypnosis include, you probably know some of these, quitting smoking, losing weight, fear of public speaking, having anxiety or panic attacks or trouble sleeping, even insomnia. And even though I work with all of these concerns, the areas I especially focus on include loss and grief. And so that may be relationship, death, job loss, pet loss, anything that would be in that realm of loss or grief. Another area that I specifically work in is forgiveness or release of toxic energy, either from a childhood upbringing, trauma, toxic or difficult parents, whether they're alive or already deceased, or other toxic and difficult people. And of course, the one of the most common ones that uh, I hear about, especially since the pandemic is anxiety and stress. So to work on coping strategies, and managing those triggers. So our response are instead of reactions, um, healthier, better responses to triggers. Tamalinda, do do people remember things that happened during the session? That's a, that's actually a really good question. And it um, steps into the area about what are the biggest myths around surrounding hypnosis? Um, Let me just start with the number one myth is mind control. And this comes from stage hypnosis and movies. So stage hypnosis implies the hypnotist has all the power when in reality, 
the volunteers want to be up there on stage. They typically all have strong creative imaginations, good concentration and focus, and they're motivated to participate, and they have extroverted personalities. Volunteers become less inhibited during the stage performance with the combination of being in the trance state plus the thrill of being up on the stage, and therefore it looks as if their minds and bodies are being controlled. Now, coming back to your question, Jim, another myth about hypnosis is that hypnosis is sleep and people lose consciousness and have amnesia. While a hypnotized individual may have their eyes closed, they're not sleeping. Hypnotized people are aware of their surroundings. They just don't, they're not concerned about their surroundings. And the hypnotized person will recall as much as they would any conversation. And what kind of credentials does somebody require to become a hypnotherapist? And what should we look for when engaging this therapy? To qualify as a hypnotist, you complete training in the techniques and tools of hypnosis and usually neuro-linguistic programming or NLP. There are online programs, but my own experience is that in-person training followed by supervision and or mentoring and coaching is key to becoming a successful hypnosis practitioner, as well as having had some sort of background working with clients individually in helping them achieve personal growth and development. But, you know, regardless of credentials, when I looked for a qualified hypnotherapist before I actually became a certified hypnosis practitioner, I looked for someone with an active membership in the National Guild of Hypnotists, which was established in 1950 and has grown to over 15,000 members in over 73 countries. When looking for a qualified practitioner, you also want someone who maintains their professional development or their continuing education credits. Our guest this morning is Tammy Lynn Deluxe, the owner of Stepstone Hypnosis. We're going to take a short break here, and when we return, we'll talk about another aspect of services provided by Stepstone Hypnosis. Welcome back to Ask BBB with Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. I'm Jim Swan. Our guest this morning is Tamalinda Lux of Stepstone Hypnosis. We've been talking about how hypnosis therapy can help us cope with stress, anxiety, and habit changing. Tamalinda, another area you specialize in is coping with loss, grief, and bereavement as a doula for end of life. And for those of us perhaps not familiar with the term doula, can you enlighten us a bit? The word doula is Greek for servant or helper. And many people know the term birth doula. That's someone who supports a woman during the labor process. A death or end-of-life doula supports a person during the dying process. End-of-life doulas empower, educate, and encourage people and their families to be involved in making decisions. So an end-of-life doula is a trained non-medical professional who provides emotional, physical, and educational support for someone nearing death. You know, they can be considered a support through the final chapter of life and are typically brought in by the dying individual's family. But the end-of-life doula accompanies and provides comfort for the dying person and makes the dying process as easy as is possible for them and everyone involved. So what are some of the common issues that people face during this difficult time, the end of life? 
end-of-life choices and medical decisions have complex psychosocial and social components and consequences. So some of the issues of end-of-life that hypnosis can help sort out are dying alone, pain or discomfort, anxiety or sleep. This is a big one. Unfinished personal affairs, dependence on others. Here's another big one. Acceptance of peace of mind and fear of the unknown. An end-of-life hypnosis, which is a specialty, offers a way to move forward with less stress and with a positive impact on the quality of living and dying. Tammy Linda, although death may still be years away for many of us seniors, we know that, that it is, it's, it's inevitable. Could hypnotherapy help enrich what we have, what we've been told about these golden years? Certainly it can. Enriching our lives at any age is possible. Hypnosis can be used to help with healthier habits, like dealing with stress or changes in age. Age-related anxiety is common, and hypnosis can help with that. Hypnosis can also help someone with chronic pain management. And this isn't to say to take away any pain medication or to stop doing what uh, a physician or a physiotherapist has recommended as a pain management strategy, but hypnosis can support existing medical treatments, adding another level of pain management. Hypnosis can also bring peace to the idea of change taking place and empowering someone to navigate the transitions of life more easily. Hypnosis can, you know, it can also bring some peace as someone navigates loss of friends and family. You know, I, I, I recently had a call from the daughter of a client and, and the, the parent was experiencing a lot of depression because all their friends were dying and they seemed to be, you know, I'm, I'm the only one left, you know, and they were in their mid nineties. Tamil Linda, there are probably people listening who know that they should have this conversation about end of life. How, how do you bring it up with say a, a partner or, or with parents? You know, Jim, there are a couple of interesting statistics that I want to share first. 90% of people think it's important to talk about end-of-life wishes with their loved ones, but only 27% or so have done it. And that's according to a 2021 study published in the Journal of Psychosocial Nursing and Mental Health Services. And then there was um, a survey by the Conversation Project in 2018, and one in five respondents said they've avoided the subject out of worry about upsetting their loved ones in having the discussion around end of life. And one more statistic, a sizable majority of people say they want to want to die at home, but 60% die in hospitals or institutions. But it's been found that people who discuss their end of life wishes are less likely to die in a hospital or burden relatives with tough medical decisions. Some of the main obstacles to having the conversation, parents don't want to upset their adult children. And adult children don't want their parents to think they want them to die. And for many people, there's a fear that if you talk about death with a loved one, it's going to hasten death. So families who avoid talking about end-of-life details may end up actually misrepresenting their relatives' wishes during a health crisis. So having a conversation about how you want to live out your later years or the time you have left 
may start with your spouse or partner, but your children and your family doctor can also benefit from knowing your wishes. So once you're ready to have this important discussion, you might use language like, I need your help with something, or I need to think about the future. Will you help me? And another one could be, you know, I was thinking about what happened to Uncle Joe or Aunt Jane, perhaps, and it made me realize whatever that was, right? Uh, another one that is, is, is easy. Remember how grandma died or grandpa died? Was that a good death or a hard death? Because I want to make sure that I have as good a death as is possible. And I want to talk about my wishes now already. So let's have a lunch as a family so that we can talk about this. You recently co-authored a book that was released in May called Bold Spirit. Are you able to um, share with us a little bit about that book? Oh, thank you for asking about my passion project that started um, at the beginning of the pandemic. So Bold Spirit, Caring for the Dying, is co-authored with, there are 11 of us in the book, and I project managed that. And the co-authors are all end-of-life practitioners from like a variety of roles. They are hospice palliative care nurses, they're hospice volunteers, they're end-of-life doulas. So there's a lot of wonderful, fabulous stories in there that can help someone who is a caregiver to a family or friend. Well, Tamalinda, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Ask BBB and sharing with us Um, your passions and the practice that you work in, in hypnotherapy. Thank you. My pleasure. Stepstone hypnosis therapy is listed in the BBB.org business directory and holds an A plus rating and links to Stepstone hypnosis website and social media pages are also found in their listing. After the break, we'll talk about the upcoming BBB torch and spark awards. And now back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with the host of Ask BBB, Jennifer Matthews, CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. Jennifer, we talked a little bit about the Torch Awards for Ethics and Spark Awards. Uh, Really great news. and We talked about that at the uh, beginning of the program. We did, and we haven't been able to have a live event for over two years. So the Torch Awards for Ethics and the Spark Awards on June 16th at 5.30 p.m. at the factory is something we are really looking forward to. So this is a real double header. It is. And as we mentioned, it's a new name, the Torch Awards for Ethics and the Spark Awards, which people may have been more familiar with as the Business Integrity Awards. So the Torch Awards for Ethics celebrates our for-profit and not-for-profit organizations displaying those acts of excellence and trust among their employees, customers, and their communities. And these are businesses from all over our region. The BBP Spark Awards, a secondary initiative of BBB, recognizes those younger business owners, age 35 and under, or business owners of any age who have been in business for less than three years, And those are people who embody character, culture, and community in that business model. You know, in the years gone by, these awards have been really highly anticipated. And and at the event, we have the three finalists and the announcement, just like the the Academy Awards. So how will this year's uh, winners be selected? So right now, 
businesses, consumers, anybody in the community can go to bbb.org and look for their local office, Western Ontario, and there's a nomination form. And you can nominate any business that you've had an interaction with, perhaps your own business, perhaps a business you work with on a regular basis. Nominations are open until March 7th. And at that point, we will inform the businesses who have been nominated, and they are invited to submit an application. Everything is online now. We don't have to do any paper-based applications. And there are ways to navigate that through our website again. Once all of the applications have been received, they are turned over to a panel of judges. And we'll have three judges for the Torch Awards and three separate judges for the Spark Awards that have a uh, key to navigate and help uh, discern who the, the uh, award winner will be. So that's one more reason to go to bbb.org. That's right. It's a great uh, resource for information on scams, for information on how to become accredited, and again, for information on how to nominate a business for the Torch Awards for Ethics or the Spark Awards. And that deadline again is? Net deadline for nominations is March 7th. Great. And we'll look forward to the June 16th date, too. Well, Jennifer, that's our time for Ask BBB. Remember, we like to hear from you. So contact us at hashtag AskBBB and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Pass along your comments and send us your guest suggestions. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jennifer Matthews. And I'm Jim Swan. Remember to Ask BBB. And start with trust.